This episode is brought to you by Push Messaging God's Urban Airship. They can be found at urbanairship.com and by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 216, recording this live January 9th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always... My partner in crime, the Lord of Location. What else have I called you? Everything. Pretty much everything under the book, right? Purveyor of Place, I think. Purveyor of Place. That's my favorite. <laughs> Purveyor of Place. Uh, yes, it is Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, still in Toronto. Can you yeah. believe it? What are you doing? Um, roots? Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, always good to do this with you, Rob. My, the pleasure is always mine. I wish we could have done this yesterday, January 8th, and we would have been all gigged up in my Elvis impersonation, in my Elvis outfit. It was his birthday yesterday. <laughs> 80th birthday for Elvis Presley. I definitely would have, would have uh, I have it right over there. It's like an entire kit for, uh, you know, an impersonation. Wig, glasses, everything. Wow. TCB ring, taking care of business I, ring. I, I don't know what to say about that. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. Uh... <laughs> Just, I, don't know, I don't know what you should say. <laughs> I mean, I like the music. I'm not sure I, I need to dress up like Well, them, but... I'll tell you, the running joke in my family is that I've got to basically, uh, well, I, I, you know, for anybody who's watching, up in this far corner up here, I've basically got uh, Elvis figurines, Elvis books, everything like that. My, my mother is a running joke for every Christmas would actually get me every Christmas uh, anything to do with, like something to do with Elvis. And um, so there would be something in there as Elvis in last year posthumously my mother died before um there was a christmas present for my mother and it was this unbelievably gaudy terrible but beautiful poster of elvis like mm. a, like sketch of elvis that she actually got in the year before she got me this great big uh, black and white photo from the archives from elvis playing when he played in ottawa back in the 50s so it's a running joke so obviously i i pass that on uh to to my there my you family. go anyway all right so uh the welcome things, the, the things like it means 216 straight yeah. weeks rob we've been doing this and i still learn new things about you every time well and it's just a little bit and you know what in fact i gotta tell you like i'm looking right down here and i have um i have books that prop up my monitor here so that it's it's at uh -huh. my level and uh the books are the elvis encyclopedia it's a pop-out book which is wicked uh images of elvis not even making uh, this up because i'm going to tell you it's, it's by mary clayton and then right on top of that, Bruce, the uh, biography by Peter Ames Carlin. Right in front of me. Always in front of me. So there you have it. Freak for wow. us. Wow. Welcome, Asif. Welcome. Welcome. All right. So uh, what's going on, man? Uh, like, why are you still there? I thought you'd be gallivanting uh, around the globe by now. Um, aren't your family, isn't your family getting sick of you? You know, I think a little bit. Yeah, I think I think so. But, you know, the reality is, is that, uh, you know, we there's a lot about to hit. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of this time that I, I, I'm not on the road because once I start, it's like every week again. You're done. So, um, yes, yeah, so there's a bunch of things coming up. Um, we'll start with the uh, not next week uh, or this week uh, as you're watching this, but the week after. So January the 21st. We're opening a brand new chapter of the LBMA uh, in Los Angeles, uh, so I'll be down there uh, for our kickoff event. We're going to have some great speakers. 
uh, including uh, Dan Whitmers, who runs the Mobile Leaders Alliance and also works for NBC Universal. Uh, on the panel, uh, Lisa Bregman uh, and the Wasserman uh, uh, Sports Marketing Agency is hosting it uh, at their venue. So hoping to get some of the teams out, like the LA Galaxy and the Kings and all those guys. So um, it's it's, it's going to be really really interesting. Xad's going to be there. Um, uh, the uh, Think Near guys uh, are going to be there. So it's gonna, it's going to be great. Um, really excited about that. So that's January the twenty first, uh, and then. Um, the uh, the week of um, uh, February, the first week of February, on the fourth, we're uh, hosting an event around beacons uh, in our London, England chapter. So excited about that! Uh, the following day, the fifth and sixth, I'm heading over to Munich for the Loca conference, uh, which uh, is obviously LBMA uh, uh, sponsored uh, and endorsed. And then the week right after that, I go straight from Munich to Stockholm uh, for the Monday, the ninth. We're launching. Uh, a new chapter in Stockholm. Thank you uh, to the Canadian Embassy in Sweden who's hosting this event and making uh, a big deal about it. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Uh, and a ton of the startups, uh, the local Swedish startups that are uh, getting behind it and supporting. So that's just like the next six weeks. I mean, it's not even six weeks, the next like five, four or five weeks. So crazy stuff. I will be here, right yeah. here, bringing yeah. you the news each and yeah. every day. From yeah. this spot. Now I will be seeing you in the in, in, in before that even all happens because we are Rob and I are uh, nothing related to the LBMA really, but we're going down and we're going to hang out together in Austin for a couple Sweet. days uh, with some fun people. So uh, maybe we'll even do an interview or something. I think it'll be fun. I think it would yeah. be a lot of fun, especially if yeah. it's uh, because it is your birthday. It is my birthday. We'll do yes. some interviews on your birthday. How's that? Rob's coming to hang out in Austin with, with me just for my birthday. How great is that? It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm going down there for the weather. I'm not going to lie. I need a little yeah. bit of a break from All this right. stuff. Uh, well, okay. So that's uh, the events. And, and obviously there's one coming up on January 14th, right? The Ping Local thing um, in Toronto. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, it's going to be a, a great full day of event. And then there's uh, the Beacons and Beers, Beers and Beacons that night. So obviously all this information we found on the LBMA's website, lbma.com forward slash events. I always forget that. Events. Yeah. Slash events. It's all there. It is all there. we got a great show for you today. Ten top stories of this past week in location from around the freaking world. we got a great guest, um, uh, Wojciech, who is the founder of a company called Canopy Labs. It's a Toronto-based company. He's going to be coming on to talk about his company. Uh, we spent a good hour with him. This is an episode of Untethered.tv, and and, um, and just a fascinating guy. Very uh, open to uh, conversation. You can find it up there as well on Untethered.tv by the time you watch this. But he'll be coming on for a few minutes as our guest. And then, of course, we're going to do our deep dive into a couple of the stories. And this is really cool because I'm just going to give you the titles of these stories. Robots and Connected Cars. Those are the two stories we're going to be talking about later on in the show. So stick around for that. Um, and I think without further ado, we should begin this show so that we can end it. Not so fast. Before we get to those 10 stories, we need to get paid. So here is a message from our sponsor. Untether.tv is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's a reminder of what they do from VP of product, Lucas Dickey. I was described as being, you know, location-based advertising. So hitting the right user um, at the right place with the right message. So that's easy enough to understand. The real question is, what does their family think they do all day? I, I'm not sure I've ever successfully explained anything about what I do. My family's pretty in touch. So I think they understand the mobile um, aspect of Thinknear. They, they don't know how it happens. On my parents' side, they've described for the last decade that I worked in IT. So most people tend to think I'm doing 
um, you know, driver replacements or fixing printers. But I think they generally think that I walk around talking all day, nonstop, <laughs> designing things, tweeting nonstop, writing a lot. And that would generally be true. <laughs> so, so they're pretty much on. My mom does not yet have a smartphone and she refuses to let me get her one. So given that we're a mobile advertising company and my mom refuses to get a smartphone, I don't know, it's like the fact that there are games on a phone is just mind-boggling to her because she still thinks Nintendo was a very novel and futuristic gaming device. But in my parents' head, I do IT, and I'm okay with that. They don't need to know anything beyond that other than that I will be looking out for their future and I'm one of the sons that they'll be able to, to, to rely on when they get old. <laughs> Help Lucas support his parents by going to thinknear.com. And now, back to the show. Every step that we take is closer to the end. And you know that there are 10 stories, so you know that we're at number eight. That means there's only two left after that. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, all right, let's see if right, it's your step turn. Step by step, let's go. It's your turn, buddy, step by step. You know that's playing right now. Step yeah, by step. Yeah, I mean, step. that song, I, I heard that song the other day, and it's, uh, it brings back memories, man, let Stuck me tell you. Stuck in your head. Stuck in yeah. your head. Well, step by step, my friend, you take number one. Let's start with the 10 stories. Now. All right, number one, uh, the Wi-Fi Alliance, uh, one of the uh, the bodies that's been around forever in terms of you know creating standards around the use of Wi-Fi technology, announced at CES this week uh, the, the a new offering uh, called Wi-Fi Aware. So this is a location-based proximity-based uh, technology uh, that leverages Wi-Fi devices. Uh, and enables Wi-Fi devices to send opt-in messages to people that are nearby. Uh, and these, these could be marketing messages that you've opted in to receive, or it could be device-to-device, uh, -device, so person-to-person -person, uh, communications. Uh, uh, very similar to the way Wi-Fi Direct, which is another standard works, but this is you know purely based on location uh, awareness. Um, and so very, very cool stuff. And you know, when I saw this, you know, my immediate reaction to this was, this is huge for the industry uh, that, that we're in. It's huge for advertisers and for retailers because in many ways, the ability to deliver a message based on proximity over Wi-Fi um, is a is an is an alternative now, uh, essentially to all the beacon stuff that we've been talking about for for it seems like you know every week for a year now, and and so this is this is exciting because with Wi-Fi uh, and the ability to push messages in this way, you don't necessarily need to have you know additional hardware like you do with beacons, right? right? Uh, Very important. Um, and so you know part of the capital you know the capital expenditure required by some of these big retailers and some of these uh, brands to deploy these networks. Uh, in some ways, disappears, um, you know, powered by a new standard like this. And I'm not saying it's it, it's it's uh, you know you're going to go Wi-Fi aware instead of beacons, but you have that opportunity now to 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 have one complement the each uh, the other. Or if you already have a Wi-Fi network in place, you can potentially you know uh, enable it in this way, so you don't have to go and 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 have additional uh, capital costs. And the other thing is Wi-Fi's been around a lot longer, right? So you you have something in the neighborhood of 4.5 billion. Wi-Fi enabled devices already on the planet. So that's a pretty good starting point. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good launching point. You know, I always think about uh, beacons, man. And you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of what they can do and the potential. We talk about that all the time. But yeah. I, I swear to God, I, am I, I must be the only guy talking about the fact that in three years when those stupid batteries run out, it's going to be expensive 
to replace them all. Yeah. And I don't think that everybody is going to. Um, so that, that's always my challenge is that I don't think people think that through. And I might be a simpleton and maybe people have thought this through. But when you put a battery into a device and you hang it up at, like on the top of a 16-foot ceiling, at some point you're going to have to go in there and replace that damn battery. Anyway, yep, that's my no, rant. no question about it. I, I mean, when it. I built my Wi-Fi company, this this was one of the key things. We were putting Wi-Fi in all these restaurant chains, and you plug them you in. Know, it was, you know, like not not only batteries, um, but power. Uh, you know, just just installation. Uh, uh, you know, like physically installing these I things. Know. You know, if if the access point goes down, you know, um, you know, like do you have a customer service line for these people to call? Um, you know, who's driving out there with a replacement access point in the middle of the night? Like, you know, all this kind of stuff, yeah. right? Has to be thought through, and that, and that's the same with 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 these beacon networks. So. I just like it, it floors me because I think that there's a, an onslaught of cost that is going to smack somebody upside of the head, and they're going to be they're going to realize that yeah. this it's not as cheap as you think. You got to take this into consideration. I don't mean to, to be the Debbie Downer here, but I just somebody's going to be talking about this. Somebody's got to bring reality back to this. Snap, that's me. There you go. All right, uh, our uh, second story. Uh, this is an app, uh, a real talk app. Uh, this is is this a Toronto-based company, man? Mm -hmm. Yes, this is a Toronto-based company called Real Talk. You can go to realtalkapp.ca. That's a giveaway. The .ca means, yeah, yeah, Canada. Um, this is an application that actually uses proximity for you to meet people. It's basically, the way I can categorize this, it's like chat roulette for mobile, right? Where you've got 60 seconds, you connect with people within a proximity that you actually detail. They have to have downloaded the app, of course, and they have to be on the network. And you say, mm -hmm. listen, anybody within a kilometer, meters, 10 meters, 100 meters, whatever it might be, you say, I want to connect with these people. And then you actually reach out to them and you connect with them face-to-face, -face, video chat for 60 seconds. You have 60 seconds to impress. And if you don't, you get punted off and onto the next person. And if you do impress, so that means you both agree that this is a good thing, a good match, guess what you get to do? You get to carry on the conversation and then obviously love blooms or love blooms for that one night and then you wake up the next morning and you start the whole process over again. It's called Real Talk. Uh, this is, I, I, I'm, you know, I, far be it for me, for the younger generation, that this is a good thing, but this is to me directly a hookup app. This is nothing more than a hookup app. Um, you know, because it's random strangers connecting for 60 seconds to see what you look like. And it just reminded me of Chat Roulette, basically, which became the real-time porn network, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I like the 60-second piece. It kind of plays into the whole sort of Snapchat-like yep. world uh, that, you know, the, uh, the the generation behind us, anyways, is, uh, is, is, is has embraced. Or ahead and of so, us, whatever you might want to call it, right? What's that? They might be behind us in age, but I think they're far ahead of us in the use of this technology. Yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure, no question. So, yeah, I think this is you know potentially a good uh, you know a good uh, application for that kind of demographic and market. Um, I, I like that you know this, that there's the 60 second time frame window to see hey you know you like them or you don't like them you know yeah. is it hot hot or not hot or, or not you know, whatever it is right so. Um, but that's what it is. It's it's like basically hot or not or Tinder or or uh, chat roulette, uh, but with with video but with video yeah, yeah. it kind of freaks awesome. me out a little bit yeah but if you're interested in this it's available on ios right now it's coming on android you can go to the website realtalkapp.ca exactly as it sounds realtalkapp.ca all right our third story over to the world of automotive and in particular general motor uh, at CES, this is so. This is the week where we talk about stuff coming out of CES, obviously. Um, and uh, General Motors announced a uh, sort of a, a like a serious amount of investment into their whole connected car uh, customer experience um, offerings. And, and in particular, they launched a uh, 
a new initiative called At Your Service. So this is a, a system that basically sits on top of GM's OnStar platform and um, it, it basically gives you shopping uh, type of abilities. So in other words, you, you can take advantage of coupons, discounts, all fed via the car's onboard Wi-Fi system, um, uh, as well as live operators that can book discounts at hotels and Priceline.com and so it's a full-on concierge type. We service. talked about this, man. Uh, we well, we talked about the concierge piece, but we didn't. We didn't talk about the. I mean, we, you and I have talked about this. Yes. And, and we talked about the coming of this, uh, but here you have mainstream, you know, automotive manufacturer now uh, embracing this. And the other thing that sort of powers this, and, and we'll talk more about the, this is one of the sort of bigger stories. But one of the other things that powers this is this move towards the car being a completely connected device at all times you know and GM is is was the first in North America so every Chevrolet now that that's comes on the market comes with Wi-Fi um, you know and and that and, and that's cool and I can tell you my kids cannot wait until they can sit in the back seat as I'm driving around and they can be on their their devices connected to the network well, and and buying stuff, right? Being able to download games and well, and I don't know if they're buying stuff, but they, they, like, there's so many of these games that are like internet, you know, connected yes. games, right? The, the, at least that that my son plays. Yep. Um, so yeah. Well, and, and we had these definite, uh, you know, we we did that massive trip out east um, over the over the summer, mm. and uh, my kids had D DSs, Nintendo DSs. That's basically you know a video game console, and they used to play together, whether in the uh, at home under the Wi-Fi network, but they're in the car. There's no network, and there's no way to connect. Yeah, and and uh, so it was always about can we connect? Can we connect? So I'm I'm all I'm all game for that. Love as well. it. Yeah, it's very cool. GMs all right, at your service. We'll be talking about from that good a stuff bit coming out of CES too. Oh yeah, tap sense. <laughs> Our fourth story. I, I was telling Asif before we started that I nearly at <laughs> my pants when I read this article about TapSense. It was terrible. I, I've never sat there and, and had my blood boil about this. So TapSense announced basically that they're creating this next generation network that is going to go on for the Apple Watch. So this is to push freaking banner ads to the watch. Can you imagine that? And you know what? I know, eventually, look, advertising is going to infiltrate this watch. I understand that. It's going to come through apps. It's going to come through many different ways. And and I, I don't think I'm angry about that, but I'm so pissed that, that we're taking something that may be revolutionary or evolutionary in this beautiful technology and jamming banner ads into it like we did with mobile and like we did with the web. That's shitty. It's crap. Don't do that. And, you know, I'm on a campaign to get rid of banner ads. Simply because of that, it's lazy. And here's a company, a big company called TapSense that said, look, we're building a network that's going to push relevant, contextualized ads to your wrist. And I say, that, because we don't want that. Nobody wants that. What I want is contextual notes, but I want it in my own realm and not a stupid banner ad, and I don't want to be bombarded. And I was angry, you can tell. So yeah. I, penned, I penned this article. I was like, I'm, I'm swearing <laughs> and I'm furious in it, and I put it aside, because I thought it would be a career-ending move. And luckily, I didn't send it out because the next day, literally the next day, TapSense kind of pulled back on it because they were saying like, you know what we're going to do is we're going to have like ads that tie in with Apple Pay and all this stuff and we're going to blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that nothing, like there was an uproar from the community because it goes against what Apple means around controlling the messaging that lands on your wrist and on your phone from advertisers. Apple does a great job owning that ecosystem and controlling it. And so there was an uproar about how Apple was giving this up. And then TapSense came back and said, oh, wait a second. You know, it's against the guidelines and the rules of the API for the developers for the Apple Watch to do this in the first place. So there's no way they can do it. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. By, about the integration about pay, uh, Apple Pay. No, no, we can't do that either. So basically their entire announcement was bullshit, was a farce. And I felt so relieved 
that these guys can't do this. And that was the story is that, listen, this yeah. is what they're doing. Tap sense for Apple Watch. Who the f wants a banner ad pushed to your wrist? I'm sorry about the language, but that would have been it no, for I'm, me. I'm, Rob, I'm totally with you on this. Oh, my I, God. I, mean, and, and I don't know how many times I can say it. You know, I said in the predictions show, you know, one of the companies I picked was AdTile. And I'm yeah. like, I love these guys. They do it right. It's all about changing the format, right, of how we deliver an ad. You know, Forget it. Screw banner ads. Like nobody cares about banner ads, and I certainly don't want them on the next device, which is a watch. You know, uh, you know the the same thing I had on my phone. So give me something over. different. I, I do like. I mean, they did talk in the announcement about you know all these ads being GPS geo targeted yep. um, based on you know on, on that data, and that's. I mean, obviously, I'm going to support that you know every day uh, that I can. Um, but come on, you know, let's figure out a different, you know, way to deliver this. Let's figure out, you know, and, and Apple's, you know, kudos to Apple for creating standards yes. that, you know, people have to adhere to. But so, TapSense, oh you know, if you God. want to be in this business, go talk to AdTile and figure out a way to work together. Well, I mean, this this is just a black eye against TapSense, TapSense because they lied. They basically created this and now they're backtracking. Oh, you know, the terms will change. And although yeah. PayPal, they were talking about doing watch faces that did ads and everything like that. And was yeah. they didn't read any of the documentation that came with Apple Watch APIs or SDKs. And so I think that it's just an example of, of, uh, of <clears throat> poor planning. Whoever did this should be fired for, for first. But if I ever see a goddamn banner, if any of us ever see a banner ad on a, on a smartwatch, like an Apple Watch, uh, the industry is It is It is yeah. done. It is dead. It is over. Let's change the paradigm. I love location-based stuff. Not banner ads, please. Tap sense for Apple Watch. Sorry for the kids <laughs> listening to this. I, you know what? Uh, it's okay. All let's right. see if I can our, bleep all that stuff out. Our fifth story. Let, let, let's let's turn to the positive. So our right, fifth please. story. Uh, our good friends at Lowe's uh, have teamed up. Lowe's Innovation Labs, uh, that is, like have teamed up with uh, fellow robots and Singularity University to launch something called the Oshbot. Uh, and they've, they they basically have this running at two stores, Orchard Supply Hardware um, and uh, a store in uh, their San Jose uh, Midtown uh, store as well. And uh, this is really interesting stuff. So basically, they've got robots rolling around these stores <laughs> doing um, you know service and training uh, in, in the case of the um, Orchard Supply uh, hardware store, and in the case of the uh, the San Jose store, basically the robot is 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 helping customers. It's a customer service thing, helping them navigate the store uh, more effectively. Uh, so you, you know, it's, it's interesting stuff because you know we're we're starting to see more and more of this kind of technology, uh, you know, move into retail, move into these into these into these markets, and and you know Lowe's, you know, I love these guys because Lowe's Innovation Labs. We we covered these guys what six months ago yeah, when they announced. Their hollow deck, uh, you know, uh, room experience where you can go in and like, kind of like, put a bunch of stuff together and look at what this room might look like in your house, in a hollow deck. I mean, it's amazing, right? Like, uh, and and they just don't stop. So you know, I, I just love companies that are willing to take technology and play around with it. Uh, and push the boundaries of what can be done, and actually take it into the actual retail environment and test it with real customers, uh, and get reaction from it. So um, amazing stuff, amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. How many? And by the way, how many floor the, guys? Um, sorry, Steve. How many floor guys right now are out there who work at Lowe's are thinking, oh, I am being replaced by a robot. <laughs> I am. Well, you are. Uh, you know, I don't know if that. I mean, I think to some extent that's coming, right? Um, of course it is. You know, but at the end of the day, you still have. I mean, these things have screens. They can they can communicate in multiple languages. They're smarter uh, than you. Go get a different job. Get hey, job. man. Uh, like I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, and this thing already knows it. 
you're screwed, Asif. We're all going to be replaced by robots. We're done. This is yeah. the beginning so of it. There you go. They're cute little things with screens. Yes. Yes. Be, that's my warning to all you guys, all you Lowe's guys out there, who, who your only job is out there pointing people to product and speaking a different language. You, my friends, are out of work. There you go. We'll talk more about robots on the uh, at the tail end here. That's all I have to say about robots, man. You're out of work. All right. That's I, I, I like those guys. Um, I like Lo, the, the, what Lowe's is doing there. But I'm so sorry for those guys that are out of work. <laughs> All right, uh, our sixth story. Hey, listen, you know, I I, didn't, I don't know if it takes a genius to know this, but I spent a lot of time during the day sitting down, sitting on my butt all day, you know, pretty much from nine, you know, I get up very early. So maybe five until five, maybe five until 6 p.m., sometimes later into the day. And you know what? I'm not very active during those days. And uh, you know what? A lot of people in offices are exactly the same way. And they noticed um, a company called uh, uh, Jawbone, you know, they created that up, uh, which is a wristband that measures sleep and measures steps that you take, they noticed, hey, there's there's a point in time during the week, like called Monday to Friday between 9 and 5, uh, that nobody moves. So they decided to do something about it, and they've created this thing called Jawbone Up for Groups. Now, it takes 10 people in a business, or in a company, that all wear these uh, Jawbone uh, wrist uh, bracelets, and uh, they can actually sign up at Jawbone. And if you go to groups.jawbone.com, you'll be able to sign up as, a, as an organization, and you'll be able to feed it in there, and it will aggregate the data for those groups anonymously and display it so that you can actually see how everybody's doing at that point in time. No personal data is being used, but it's just going to show you the aggregate of that group of 10 and many groups of 10, uh, minimum of 10, that uh, when people are active or not. And, and then what you can actually do is you can send them notes. So if you're not active, the group and a whole will get a note. You can automate this process that says, get up, get up, get off your ass and go and do these things. And and it's all in the goal. And I think that it's a very uh, valid goal here is to fight obesity in North America. And I'm putting Canada in there as well. This is uh, predominantly US based, but this is a big challenge. Obesity, because we sit now, we don't do a lot of manual labor and we're always too tired to go to the gym. Uh, so this is a good way to re be, have a reminder from your company that health is important and if you create an environment that actually uh, helps people with their health, you will have happier, healthier, uh, and more fulfilled employees. So Jawbone up for groups, groups.jawbone.com. I'm not even going to talk to you about uh, privacy issues that that could bring, but uh, there was a great example of this, Asif. Have you ever watched the show Big Brother? Yeah. So Big Brother struck a deal last summer with Fitbit, and they had the Fitbit Force. Remember that the one that always they I, had I the do. allergic reaction, reaction? They put, because you've got these you know, uh, kids, basically, jammed into a house for 90 or 100 days, and they can't leave the house. So they actually put Fitbits on them to force them, and they did a whole bunch of uh, competitions each week to get them to do the amount of steps that they needed to do in a day. And that was the first time that I saw a company like Fitbit or Jawbone involved in something like this for a group to kind of stimulate group activity. Now Jawbone's doing it for organizations groups.jawbone.com awesome all right from that to uh to the uk uh an irish company called voucher pages has launched a new uh free location-based voucher app for iphone and android uh covering the uk market it's called dealpages.com.uk uh thousands of discount vouchers available to consumers shopping across england scotland wales and northern ireland um you know, I'm kind of like, eh, not so excited about this. Because, it's a good thing you didn't give me the story. You know, like, do we need another deal app? Um, you know, yes, it's geo-targeted, uh, but so is Groupon and everybody else out 
there. Um, and I just don't know, you know, what, you, you know, for me, if you're in this business and these guys, this is not a new company. Like they've been in this business for a while. They've got, you know, these deals, these vouchers that from businesses that they've uh, uh, accumulated, you know, over, you know, over the time that they've been in business. And I almost think, you know, okay, may, maybe there, there's enough of a base that they already have there that they had to put an app out. Um, their existing customer base was demanding it. But I can't see this being something that, you know, you can go out and kind of start to build, uh, you know, a net new user base no. on an app for something of this nature at this point in, in the maturity cycle no. of the business. I mean, I think if, if, if you've got content, if you've got deals and, and, and offers, you know, you should be in the business at, the, at this point in time of, you know, starting to take your content and push it into all the existing, uh, you know, apps that people already have out there. Like, just take your deals and make them available through third parties, uh, you know, who already have a user base of, of app users. So, you know, that, that's where I struggle with this. I mean, you know, I like it. I, I like, as I said, that it's geo-targeted and, um, and that they're, they're doing this. But, I mean, come on. I mean, take your content and push it into, uh, you know, the 50 other platforms that people already have on their devices. Yeah, I, I would. Here, here's my recommendation for these guys. Voucher pages, take your content as a C, puts it, put it into every other platform you can. And with the whole goal of obviously enhancing your network, but collecting email addresses. So collect yeah. email addresses, drive them somewhere, collect an email address, get that list up if you don't have one now, grow that freaking list. Even if you have a list, just grow it, grow it, grow it off the backs of everybody else. Then take a subsection of that email list that you've collected from all of these different networks, send them an email and say, hey, what would be valuable? And then build that. Don't rebuild the whole stuff. Don't redo this. Just go in and leverage everybody else's and then ask your customer or their customer what, you, what they would like and what would be valuable to them and then go and build that. That's, that's the advice that I give. And that's free advice. Free. Free. You can take it or not. It's free. It's worth hey, about as much as money as there you it is. It. All right. Uh, our eighth story. This is uh, like, I like this because if you, I, I, I like, I'd like to cook when I do cook. Uh, my wife would be listening to this chuckling her ass off. But when I do cook, it's not like I don't want to just cook a steak or, a, you know, a burger. I want to cook something that we haven't had in a while, right? To get out of the rut or something that we've never had. So I like this idea. Yumly and Instacart have uh, partnered on one hour ingredient delivery because I'm at that I'm at that stage. I'm like, I want to build it. I want to make this, but I need these four things. Mm -hmm. And it's 6.15 and my kids are hungry. So we're having craft dinner, Right. Like that's, I, I'm in that spot all the time. I'm with you. We eat a lot of craft dinner. So if you don't know what Yumly is, basically the best way to categorize it, it's Pinterest for recipes. It is a beautiful site. Go to yumly.com, Y-U-M-M-L-Y.com. I, I, like I'm a fan of this site already. I love it. It gives me inspiration. I never do anything there because I don't have the ingredients, but yumly.com and Instacart, if you don't know what those guys are, basically groceries delivered within an hour. And that's what they've teamed up. It's the perfect thing. I have Yumly, this recipe that I want. I don't have the ingredients. I can send it right to Instacart. And then I get that delivered to my house in an hour, within an hour. It's perfect. Now, the only way that this could be better is if they made it for me, but that maybe that'll come a little bit later on. Well, Yumly, yeah, th that and if Instacart was available in Canada. Well, aside from the fact there that I'd have to actually drive to the States yeah. in order to be able to yeah. do it, I have to be in. Atlanta, Austin, Boulder, Boston, Chicago, Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, New York City, Philadelphia, Portland, San Francisco, San Jose, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. So the closest one to me is actually New York City, so I'd have to drive the eight hours to go and, say, wait there for an hour to get my ingredients. doesn't quite work. But this is, uh, I, I really, really like this idea, and I'm really impressed with the number of cities that this is available in right now. Yumly.com, Instacart.com, boom, one-hour delivery of recipe ingredients. Awesomeness. 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 Awesome stuff. All right. Ninth story, uh, another CES Schneider announcement. Mike. 
Yeah, yeah, Schneider Mike, uh, another CES announcement. So uh, our good friends and LBMA member Skyhook uh, Wireless have teamed up with a company called Philip. Uh, that's uh, F-I-L-I-P technology, uh, which is, is a maker of a, uh, a wearable uh, wristband type device that's uh, for child tracking uh, in particular. Um, and uh, very interesting combination here because, you know, we all know Skyhook is, uh, you know, one of the best at, uh, you know, blending uh, location targeting uh, technology. So assisted GPS, Wi-Fi, cellular, uh, beacons I know are coming into the mix uh, for them as well. Uh, and so they're, they're taking, you know, their ability to, uh, you know, to, to, to blend these, these location uh, signals uh, together, uh, which, you know, Skyhook's one of the few companies that can do that. Uh, and make that data available to uh, to uh, uh, Philippe uh, uh, wearable bands, so that the uh, the parents, you know, who are trying to you know keep on top of where their kids are, can uh, can have better accuracy and, and and better ability to you know make make sure this thing is is, is working uh, and, and findable at any given time. And what's cool about this thing is it, the tracker itself. It, it's part location tracker, part emergency uh, indicator. Um, and so it, it can tell you where your child is, uh, but it can also allow the child to send an emergency uh, message or alert to the parent uh, at home uh, through this thing. So kind of cool. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, it's a good combination, um, and uh, you know, of, of wearable technology coming together with um, with um, uh, Skyhook's targeting uh, database. Liam Neeson could have used that in uh, in Taken One, Taken Two, and Taken Three. There you go. Just strap that thing on on your daughter, and you know exactly when where she is when she. Yeah, she gets you, you know, I, like I saw him the other night. Uh, you know, I was watching Jimmy Fallon, and yeah. he was on talking about Taken Three. I love Jimmy Fallon, by the way. You know, I love Liam Neeson, man. Watch that show every night. If I'm at home, I'm watching. Okay, you know, so uh, you, you're the second person today that has told me about that has said that about Jim, Jimmy Fallon, and I think we should we should get this out in the air. Is that Jimmy Fallon is a once in a generation talent? Can we can we agree on that? Yeah, he's like, unbelievable. He I mean, beyond a shadow not, of a doubt. not only is he a good host, I mean, the guy's a musician, he's funny, like he's, he's you know, he's a once like, in a generation, he's the he, Bruce he's Springsteen, amazing. he's the Bruce Springsteen of the entertainment world. He's amazing. If you haven't seen it, um, Google, go go look at the uh, the episode, it's a while back, where he had um, uh, uh, Blake Shelton and... Yeah, um, I saw that one. Huh? I saw that one. You did? Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a clip of it right now. This is my second song. It's by one of my favorite musical comedians, Spike Jones. Uh, this is called Cocktails for Two. Oh, steady afternoon at five. You'll be so glad we're both alive. Then maybe fortune will complete the plan that all began with cocktails for two. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like his performance on that uh, was just insane. But have you seen? Have you seen like uh, the history of rap volumes one through four with uh, with Justin Timberlake? All of those yeah. things. Like anyway, we're way off topic here. But the Sorry. guy is a genius. The guy's a genius. He's a genius. What were we talking Damn. about? Jimmy Fallon's amazing. All right, we what, got one more story. What were we talking about? What led us into that? 
<laughs> oh my god. I don't know. We are old. <laughs> I don't I forgot know. what we were talking about. Okay. Well, Skyhook. Philip. We were technology. talking about Taken. That's what it was. Oh yeah, Taken. Oh, that's right, because I was hanging the wrist. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I got us what a surprise. I got us off off track here. Um All right. yes. one more story. I, I, I will do that. I will come back to our story right now. Our tenth story. Uh it's a skiing story. I have not skied in a single one of these places, but if you go to piste.io, P-I-S-T-E.io. Uh, which means track in French. I'm going to uh, uh, assume it's it's a beta site that actually shows you a bunch of uh, huge, huge ski resorts and their mountains, and it actually uh, shows you the uh, runs and uh, on the hill on the mountain. These aren't hills; these are mountains. Um, so you can go to Breckenridge in the United States, and you can actually see all of the runs. But then not only can you do it, you can see what it looks like in uh, low sun, high sun, sunset, sunrise. You can actually get there with fog. You can look at it a panorama. You can move maneuver around the mountain. But then also you can actually hit a button and you can actually literally um, go down the run. You can actually be like from the perspective of a skier going down this run. It's actually a very, very, very cool site. It's their 3D uh, maps of all of the ski slopes. And, uh, you, you know, you can get lost in this, but it just shows you how big these freaking mountains are, especially the ones in France. My God, they're giants. They're called yeah. the Alps, right? But th this is monumental. And I think that this is very cool. Like we talk about Google uh, and Google Earth and Google Maps doing, uh, you know, anything from the moon to stores uh, into the bottom of the ocean. Well, here is, is basically the equivalent of Google Maps to uh, uh, ski runs down some of the biggest, uh, biggest mountains uh, on the planet. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Makes me want to ski if we had any goddamn snow. There you go. And there's a few Canadian uh, uh, sites in there too, right? I didn't, I didn't see, uh, I didn't see any Canadian ones. Uh, I, I only did uh, like a cursory search, but basically on the front page, They've got a couple of U.S. ones. Uh, they got Innsbruck. They've got uh, Kitzbühel. Um, yeah, they've got some great, 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 great mountains that I've not skied that I have total envy. Uh, I tried to find Whiteface Mountain, but they, they didn't have that. I wonder if they have, uh, do they have anything out, out uh, west? You, you do the work on that. You look at it. Piste.io. P-I-S-T-E dot I-O. Check it out. Very cool. Good resource. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, those are the top 10 stories. Those, my friends, top 10, done, nailed, finished, boom. Some very good stories, some very bad stories. As usual, a good mix of what's going on in the location-based marketing world and contextually-based marketing world of this past week. It was a big week at CES, uh, and uh, hopefully some of those products actually survive. Um, now, we've got two great stories that we're going to follow up, but before we actually get into that, we've got our guest. It's uh, His name is Wojciech. He's the uh, founder of a company called Canopy Labs at canopylabs.com. Uh, Wojciech, uh, stop by. We had a good conversation uh, one day when he was coming back from London. And uh, here is the, you know, a bit of that conversation. You can obviously jump onto untether.tv, do a search for Canopy Labs, and uh, you can watch this entire episode. But here right now is our guest, Wojciech from Canopy Labs. This episode features a Canadian company called Canopy Labs, and I'm speaking with their CEO, Wojciech Gritz. He is a, based in Toronto, and I caught up with him there to talk about what Canopy Labs does. Um, and I'm, it's actually very interesting because he leverages big data for small businesses to be able to understand what past purchases means on future purchases. Listen, the whole focus here, and for him anyways, is uh, on driving revenue from people that are already in your system. We do a deep dive into what the company is. We also do a deep dive into how this Im impacts mobile. Obviously, this is very important to you guys that listen to this show. And also, we take a look at some of the big challenges that Canopy Labs has seen in the industry and how they've overcome it. 
This is all about big data for small businesses. This is all about using big data in order to understand how to sell to your existing customer base, not push them ads. Without further ado, here is Wojciech. Welcome, Wojciech. Thank you for coming on to Untether.tv and sharing your story. Man, how's Toronto? Toronto's wonderful. Nice and sunny. Love being here. <laughs> Love being here. What Wojciech is not telling you is the fact that he has just landed literally from London with no sleep and he's still agreed to do this episode. <laughs> so I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I'm hoping that what it means is that, you know, we have a great conversation because of sleep deprivation. That sound good? It'll certainly be more, it'll certainly be more honest. <laughs> exactly. Just don't cry, man. No crying on the show. Uh, no crying. Just me. I'm the only one that's allowed to cry. Fair. Hopefully, I won't be making you cry though. But sure. Okay. Well, you know what? That's never happened. Come on. That's the challenge out there for you guys out there who's gonna who are we gonna be guests on here? If you can make me cry, you win something. I'm sure. Uh, Wojciech, okay, so uh, Canopy Labs, uh, tell me about Canopy Labs, uh, Toronto-based Canadian company, Y Combinator, funded, boom, back and forth to London in a day. Uh, what is Canopy Labs? Sure. Well, Canopy Labs is a predictive customer analytics tool. Uh, what we do is we take all the data a business has about its customers, transactions, email activity, web activity, any sort of behavior. We centralize it and predict what people will do next. So what will they buy? When will they do it? How will they do it? At what price point? Uh, businesses typically use us to optimize their sales and marketing, to personalize the emails they send, to personalize their websites, or to send offers to those customers right when they're most likely to make a sale, whether that's through the phone or potentially a mobile technology. So you're collecting this data from where? Is it just you're buying data, you're collecting it natively? You know, it's a, we're, we're collecting it natively. So we don't go out and collect completely new data that a business doesn't have access to. What we do is merge all the data sets that the business already has. It's really amazing how many data sources a business has access to without always knowing. I mean, if you're using, if you're sending emails, you can probably track them if you're not already doing it. All your website visitors are generating data nonstop. Most people don't actually realize they could use all of that for marketing and sales. So you're basically taking existing data. I mean, what's the minimum amount of data or sources of data that you can leverage to be able to be effective for companies these days? Just one, past purchases. Really? So okay. we, we, you know, that's one of the things that's really unique about Canopy Labs is the fact that we've built this platform without making any assumptions about what data is available because every company is different. So for us, if you have purchased data, we can take that and actually predict what people will buy next. If you give us email data on top of that, the models just become more accurate and, and better at predicting those things. But all you really need is those past purchases. So, I, I mean, walk me through this because I always think, you know, our debit system up here in Canada, it's Interac, not with a T, mm -hmm. it's called Interac. <laughs> Um, and uh, this is, I mean, Canadians have been pervasive uh, interact users. We use it all the time. None of us carry cash anymore. We're, we're pin and chip. We're well beyond the U.S. when it comes to debit accessibility mm. and, and cashless society. Um, well, I always think of those guys as having the ultimate database of uh, data. Of uh, They know everything that I've bought for the last 20 years, pretty much. And they mm. comfortably could predict when my car needs gas, what I buy at the grocery store, when I'm going to buy my next pair of shoes, what technology I'm going to buy, you know, my likelihood of buying an iPhone 6 versus an Android device. They know mm. all that stuff. Uh, this, that, that is how rich the data is on purchase history. So, you know, what this is, how do you end up being able to predict based on somebody's past history? Even if I bought one thing, you can do that? 
Uh, well, w one thing makes it a little di more difficult, but certainly there's a lot of businesses that have repeat purchasers. And um, it's, it's a very similar type of technology, actually. I mean, Interact, one of the best examples of, of, of really any card-based system is fraud detection. Yes. They've been looking at fraud. They've been trying to prevent it for decades now, and they're very, very good at it. Every time, you, you know, if you're traveling or if you go to a new store that you've never been to before, sometimes those purchases get canceled. Um, our view on all of this was to say, well, what about the businesses themselves? You know, forget Interact, forget the banks. What about the mom and pop shop or the online retailer that only has limited insight into those purchases, the ones that you actually make on their website? Can they also use the same type of technology, the same type of mathematics to make similar predictions? Instead of preventing fraud, though, maybe they're looking at, you know, likelihood to buy again. Um, it's very, very difficult in today's uh, uh, society to keep customers happy and to keep them loyal. I mean, it's, you know, you guys focus on marketing on this show and that's a perfect example. It's such an aggressive space. So the more personalized and individualized you can make it, the better. And that was Wojciech from Canopy Labs. Go back to untether.tv. Come on, go and watch that. It's worthwhile. It's a conversation. It's uh, about a 40-minute conversation with Wojciech and you can find it there. Thank him for allowing us to use that clip here, which he doesn't know it's being used until right now. Thank you, Wojciech, if you're watching. And of course, for coming on to Untether.tv and participating in this experiment I call it my life. <laughs> All right, uh, we got two stories that we want to uh, dive into right now. The first, Asif, is obviously uh, this, this whole concept with what Lowe's is doing uh, with the OSH, the OSH robot. Uh, inside of uh, basically rolling around a couple of these locations, these Lowe's locations. And, uh, I, you know, when I saw robots as a story, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to be talking about the R2-D2 replica that was going around CES, but we're not. We're talking about actually functional robots that serve a purpose that will start to replace jobs. Uh, this is, this is I think, huge. We started seeing them. It was Heineken, right, that we yes. saw? Uh, uh, no, it was... Um, no, San Pellegrino. San Pellegrino that was walking around uh, the streets of, uh, of Italy, um, basically uh, you know uh, doing uh, uh communicating basically face-to-face -face relationships and maybe that's uh, you know what we should actually uh we should actually get real talk connected with these guys because maybe that's a good use of it um, there you go but how what how do robots how is this going to shake out man like you know there's 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 robots that are going to be bringing us drinks and pointing us in a direction tutoring our kids and eventually uh the singularity happens and humans are wiped off this planet that's how i think it's going to go what about you <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm the guy that says I don't think we we ever completely get rid of humans, but I think robots are definitely well, in certain in certain job situations. I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be the way to go. And yeah. uh, it was interesting because uh, like hosting you know, podcasts, do you think? What's that? Like hosting this podcast? Do you think we get? Yeah, like hosting this podcast. You know, uh, robot voices and robot you know, people talking to you and telling you about <laughs> the world location. But you know, Amazon came out over the holidays and talked about uh, you know the uh, the Cyber Monday uh, stuff so, so, uh, yeah. and and all the orders that they had, and they actually said that they had fifteen thousand robots. Uh, doing warehouse pick packing shipping Crazy. fulfilling of fulfilling, fulfilling of orders so i mean right there i mean 15000 army of robots right? huh an army, an of, army of robots basically you know? They uh, are sleeper your orders through Amazon, you know, to, to just to, so they could keep up with the, uh, you know, the, the Cyber Monday stuff, you know, and in a similar way, not quite robots, but, you know, technology kind of, uh, you know, replacing people or, or, or think about manufacturing. I was watching, um, I watched the show um, Person of Interest all the time because it's such a location 
you know, uh, tracking, you know, uh, technology show, right? Yep. Um, and and one of the episodes, there was a there was this company in the U.S. that uh, had set up an entire factory of uh, floor uh, an entire floor of 3D printers, uh, whose job was to make tablets. Okay, and so instead of people sitting there assembling tablets, 3D printers were creating tablets, like an entire floor of them. Not one 3D printer, but they were manufacturing their entire production of 3D of tablets using 3D printers. Yeah. Um, and so in a similar way, I mean, you know, while it's not something that's communicating with you like a robot necessarily, um, you know, it's technology that's replacing. Um, you know, the, a function that, you know, that a human uh, might have done. Uh, so they are replacing humans. Yes. Thief. Yes. I call those 15,000 workers at Amazon, those robots, <coughs> as a sleeper cell. Just mark my words, man. A <laughs> sleeper cell. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah. yeah. But so, I, so I, I, I absolutely think this is a big trend. Uh, I think there's a lot, uh, you, know, you know, I think in retail, uh, we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing. Initially, as a novelty, I mentioned to you when I was in, uh, in Tokyo uh, before the holidays, I walked into, uh, you know, an electronics store, a Best Buy type store, and there was a robot greeter. Uh, that was Punching there the cruising around with a tablet, you know, telling me what the deals were and all this kind of stuff. Um, Did it nag so you it's coming. It's absolutely uh, coming, and uh, I think we're going to just see more of it. So, oh, man. in fact, I will. I believe um, I'll send you a photo of that, Rob. I have one. I took a photo of this robot, and and we'll post it up and include it here. And, and you will see what your overlord looks like. Yes, That's exactly what it looks like. I, you know, I, I, um, I, I have a, you know, I don't, I don't think that I, maybe I don't know what's going to happen with these robots, but I, I just have this. I wonder if during this whole the manufacturing um, resurgence that happened, right? So we went from this kind of agrarian economy and we went into this manufacturing economy, and then we automated the manufacturing economy uh, with the industrial revolution. And I wonder if there was a bunch of guys sitting on the corner saying, "Well, this place has gone to shits." There you go. There's our overlord. Those machines are going to replace us, and and they did. And, and uh, I think we recovered fine. And I, and maybe maybe robots replace us. But the you know the staggering statistic. I don't think that we could sort as many uh, toys, just toys that Amazon sold on Cyber Monday. Mm. I did this thing with Chuck on the Mobile Minute, and they were they were pushing out 18 toys a minute on Cyber Monday. They did 1.7 million toys they sold and shipped on Cyber Monday. Like what kind of you know, workforce would need to be? It's able crazy. To do that? It's it, it, the the numbers are crazy. And, yeah. You know, and you know, like I'm I'm you know I'm trained as an economist, so I can't help but think you know in an analytical way, and I yeah. think about the you know the societal socioeconomic impact that some of these things have, and you, and you think about jobs, right? And you think about all the jobs that have been lost by North American companies to Asian manufacturing, you know, or Sri Lankan manufacturing, or whatever it is, um, you know, you know, other markets basically where the cost of labor is just you know negligible in in, in contrast to North America, um, and then you think about what technology has the potential. To to do whether it's robots or 3D printers, does it level the playing field overnight? Right? Does, you know, and especially if the capital is actually oh, sitting yeah. over here to fund these kinds of uh, environments, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting. It's, interesting. it's an interesting story because uh, you know what has what has uh, you know the growth rates in 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 China and Japan and uh, and certainly in India and anywhere where where a lot of the shores uh, jobs have been off off uh, shored from North America, especially in the manufacturing world. If you bring all of that here and you cut that revenue off, it's catastrophic. For the other five billion people that are that are yeah. you know reliant on this, so like this is a teeter totter that we don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a balance, right? So, fuck, we got too smart there for a second. We got to turn this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Pull it back. Pull it back. 
I, I'm. This is going to be interesting, and and you know, it could be that robots actually destroy the planet simply because they take jobs away from from foreign economies that support North America. Wow. There you go. All Jeez. right. That's deep. That's deep. Start thinking about that for a while out there in listener land, would you? All right. Uh, uh, so, so going from robots. And I, you know, there's going to be a point in time where we get into a car, Asif, and and there's going to be no driver. It's going to be completely driverless. And does that make that car a robot? We're talking about uh, yeah. connected cars. I mean, cars, I, it's, right? it comes down to what's your definition, right? But yeah. but I think it's about automation of, of of processes that you know historically only we could do. And yeah. and you know, Google, you know, Google's been investing in buying robot companies. Obviously, Google's got their driverless car go, uh, initiative going on. I know, uh, I think it was Mercedes this week yep. at Demonstrate CES showed, yep. showed some sort of supercar that was all like Fancy driver. Fancy Huh? It was really, really cool looking. I saw, I saw a couple uh, images of that. So, um, you know, just on that, is it like if you're going to build a driverless car, make it look like every other car? You know what I mean? Like, do they have to make it look like a, a spaceship? Because it, then it kind of freaks people out. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, just make it look you, like you know, any other but, car. But here's the thing. Like, my, my, uh, I was driving around. My daughter the other day, because uh, she, she's not like, she doesn't typically talk a lot about technology and all this kind of stuff. I mean, she talks about, you know, social media platforms like Twitter and things like that that, you know, she and her friends are using. But she actually, she just on her own brought up, she goes like, you know, what, you know, you think when you go get your next car, dad, like, you know, or, or how long will it be before, you know, we're stuck in traffic and the car can just like you can you can fly, right? Cool. You can just raise up and fly. And I'm like, you know, I said probably in your lifetime, you know, like, you know, it, it, but but this is the thing, right? Like th this is how the gen the generations behind us are thinking, right? Or ahead of us, depending on um, you know, like, like I mean, we saw it on the Jetsons, and we were just like, "That's never going to happen." But well, like, it's actually going to happen. See, if I had this conversation with my dad, like in like eighty one, eighty two, when when uh, when on demand television was invented, right? Remember back in the day, yep. we had the movie networks and stuff, and um, I said, "Like, Dad, <clears throat> this have you seen this? Like, you can call a phone number and ask for a movie, and it'll be played on your TV when you want it to be t uh, played on TV." And I was thinking a little bit ahead. You couldn't do that, but it was, but it was. Yeah. It, it eventually, obviously, now we take that for granted. Um, I mean, I can you can get to a show a minute after it's finished, or you can record live television. But uh, like at that time, my dad's like, no, no, Rob, there, that will never happen. Not in your lifetime. Not in my lifetime. And and I, I just find it so funny that it's the same kind of conversations. But we're talking about something that went from like, hey, I can watch this TV show whenever I want to. It's like, no, yeah. I can get out of traffic by hovering my car over the rest of everybody and flying away. It's crazy. The scale we're talking about in 30 years yeah it's crazy yeah. No, it, it, but I, I, but know, a lot of the connected cars and they have to start with services like what gm is doing right? they do they, they do and and the thing is 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 all these companies you know whether it's gm with onstar or volvo with their system uh or any of the guys they all have these these communication platforms in place yeah. now bmw uh mercedes all these guys have them so it's how do we take these things now that the cars are connected to the internet whether that's over uh, LTE or 4G or, or Wi-Fi or whatever it is and, and enable you know all these additional services to come into it uh, whether it's shopping or concierge services or what have you and as we get to driverless cars these things become even more important because you have act with ads and offers and deals and 
uh, and content. Uh, so, so I think that this is you know the the, the two sort of go uh, hand in hand. And, we, and and with the GM thing specifically that was announced this week, another part of it. We t- I talked about the deal piece of it uh, and the offer side of it, but there's also this thing. It, it's a it's voluntary. There's a 90 day monitoring piece where they monitor your driving habits. Uh, for the purpose of giving you feedback on on your driver performance, um, so there's all that kind of stuff that's going on too. You know, and up here in Canada, like a couple of years ago, Rogers, uh, the the mobile uh, operator Rogers, signed a deal with TomTom right. that was you know about this kind of uh, of thing as well. So you know, it, it, it's not new, but but what's but what's different is is that this stuff is starting to scale. It's it's going mainstream. It's going to be in every car in the next eighteen months, without doubt. I wonder if you could get that to OnStar, uh, you know, um, critique about how you drive to sound like your mother-in-law, and have it coming from the ba- have it coming from the back seat. Yeah, you got a lead foot up there, Rob. You know, like that's exactly. Yeah. what maybe that's not what she sounds like, but you get the get the pitch. Like I, I believe that you know we are now getting used to these services, and and we did. We talked about it in an episode, maybe I don't know six, seven, eight, nine months ago. Around that realm, we talked about this whole concept of concierge, right? If if, if OnStar was smart, because the the because uh, it was around the time where, where Apple announced Apple, uh, you know, uh, iCar, and what what that meant was that Siri was now going to be in, infiltrating inside of the car, and what once was the domain of things like Sync and OnStar is now going to have to actually be basically destroyed because uh, you know everybody carries one of these devices, whether it's Siri or any other uh, personal assistant. And if they were smart, we talked about this. If they were smart, they would actually go out and they would hook it up to a concierge. I, I should be able to talk to somebody and be able to get a hotel. I'd be able to get a restaurant, and and that's amazing that they're doing it. The coupons and stuff like that. You know, it's uh, superfluous to, to to true value. Is that you know, I need this now, and uh, I need a hotel, I need a restaurant, I need something. I'm trying to find anything that I can do, and I think that the concierge service is just just amazing. Like calling ahead for uh, movie tickets, just putting it on your card, all that kind of stuff from the car. Uh, they're they're at a very uh, huge advantage to do that, and I think that that's where it starts. And once we start talking to our car, man, it'll drive us around within no time, right? I think the yeah. the confidence will be there. I'm amazed. There you go. Amazed. We got through this this show, man. We we talked uh, ten big stories, two huge concepts, an amazing guest in Wojciech from Canopy Labs. Go to canopylabs.com. And of course, uh, we talked about the events, all the events that Asif gets to traipse around uh, the globe, uh, covering and making sure that he's uh, you know he's spreading the good word of location. It is a religion, isn't it, Asif? I think so. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We are all disciples of Asif Khan. Nice. I won't drink the lemonade though, or Don't the Kool Aid. Don't drink the lemonade. Don't, don't, don't go there. Uh, that is it for this episode, 216. Let's see if any parting words that we can, uh, any wise words we can impart on the folks that are listening, or have we spent them all? I got nothing left, man. You got nothing I'm, left. Nothing I got nothing. Left. All right. I want to leave all you All I got to say is, you know, thank goodness, thank goodness, Randy Carlisle is no longer the coach. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. I didn't want to gloat, <laughs> but we both lost coaches this year. Yeah. And um, it, now we just got to get rid of Kessel and Finuff and we're good. Not going to happen. Those guys are lifers. Um, yeah. Give them the coaching job because uh, then it's easy to fire them. Now, one of the big things that happens here is that the, the Senators fired their coach, obviously, uh, before Christmas time, and they have sucked even more since. So that's what you have to look forward to. There you go. All maybe right. Should, maybe you should bring the Raptors over and play scratch strap some skates on those guys. 
All right. Anyway, that is episode number 216. We'll be back next week for 217, of course. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or threats, or you like this or you don't like this, whatever it is, reach out to me, Robert on Tether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. Remember, good things go to me, complaints go to him. If you have a suggestion for the show, that's how you do reach us. If you want to sponsor the show, that's exactly the same way you want to reach us. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash untether. We'll see you next week. Asif, safe travels, my friend. Later, everybody. Cheers. And hit record, and we'll see what comes out the other end. We never know. You never know. <coughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, and one. This is uh, this. Uh, I see a f- up already. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> That's funny. Here. here we go.